This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode number 20. I'm P.F. Wilson, content director for Cincy Shirts and our sibling site, OldSchoolShirts.com. Today on our show, Randy Rico off of weather. I went to OU. I went in there thinking I was going to be an NFL sideline reporter or MLB oh. network. I wanted to be a sportscaster. Yeah, she's the morning meteorologist on WLWT Channel 5 here in Cincinnati, and we had so much fun talking to her about how she almost became a sportscaster, people's misconceptions about the weather, and a lot about her hometown, though not too much. So, well, let me uh, tell you, uh, I knew this before Randy arrived at the Hyde Park Studios there, but Randy and I are from the same suburb in Cleveland, and we grew up a few neighborhoods apart, it turns out, and uh, we went to all the same schools, but like 10 years apart, like she's way younger than me. But I promise it doesn't uh, get too inside baseball, as our website manager, Chris Weir, would say. So anyway, uh, have a listen and see what you think. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I, Cincinnati. CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. You got your umbrella. That's a a telling sign. I always feel stupid if I show up someplace and don't have an umbrella and it rains. Like, (laughs) that's dumb. So... <laughs> All right. So my first question has to be, what part of Mentor are you from? I grew up in Independence Place. Oh, so okay. yeah, right yeah. off of Bellflower. Oh my God! I had a crush on a girl in fourth grade that lived there. Awesome. I would, I would ride my wow. bike. I grew up in the housing development across from the high school. <laughs> okay. People always think I mean the Lafayette Apartments, but yeah. you know the proper housing development, like okay. back where Fairfax is. Yeah. So I'd ride my bike over there to see her. And so did you go to Fairfax too? I did. Me too. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Was so, Mr. Marconi still there? Of course. And really? Mr. Marconi, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So you guys are like BFFs, right? Totally. So yeah. what year did you graduate? From from high school, eighty four. Dang. Yeah. So I reckon I'm way older than. (laughs) I think I think we moved there about that time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Mr. Marconi's still teaching. That's a revelation. Well, he was back. You know, when I was there in the late eighties. So yes. Yeah, yeah. My dad still runs into Mr. Tongle at the gym, apparently. He was a fifth grade teacher when I was there too. So. Wow. Oh, Mr. Tongle (laughs) stories. I love it. All right. So how do you get interested in, I know growing up in Mentor, of course, we get, you know. Lake effect like crazy. Yeah, yeah. That was totally it, actually. Yeah. It was uh, Lake Effect Snow was my big introduction to liking the weather. We had a meteorologist come to like elementary school, to Fairfax Elementary okay. School, and give a talk. And at the end, he was like, hey, you know, what, uh, anybody have any questions? And I literally was like, so how do we get a snow day? Because that's <laughs> number one most important. I don't care about how the snow happens. I want to know if I got a school for it, which is, I think, still the focus of my forecasting. Right, right. Like, am I going to get a snow day out of this sucker? That's oh, what yeah. happens when you marry a, a teacher. <laughs> so he explained about Lake Effect Snow, and then I would get kind of compare that to the forecast to what actually happened and if we actually got a snow day. So, yeah. So, do you follow this and monitor it on your own? Like, do you independently what, watch tracking me? the weather during the winter to see if you'd get a snow day? Well, around here, for sure. That's, like, the no, most no, important I mean, part. When, when you're oh, growing up. Yeah, I would want to know that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, being on the east side of Cleveland, it didn't, you know, mm-hmm. we could get hit or Chardon could get hit or the next right, town right. over. You'd have 12 inches of snow. Kids two miles down the road totally went to school because mm-hmm. there was no snow there. So, yeah, that stuff. And then, like, my dad, my uh, grandfather was a navigator back in the war. And so he had a barometer on the wall. And he'd walk Uh, out the door and he'd be like, oh, it's going to rain today and walk out the door. And I'm like, how does that stupid box on the wall, (laughs) like, tell you how the weather's going? He explained to me about barometric pressure and stuff. And so I would compare to what the box on the wall would tell grandpa to what the weatherman was saying that night and kind of figure it out that way. So I started watching weather people like I was a really weird kid that watched weather every night as a fourth and fifth grader. And you read the Almanac before you went to bed? Well, the Farmer's Almanac every day. Well, and now I tell that story because they'll be like, oh, how'd you get interested in weather? It's like little kids. And I'll say, oh, yeah, this little box on the wall. And, well, people now have, like, literally a box on the wall that tells them the weather with their home systems and their Alexas and stuff. So they're like, well, yeah, that's how you get the forecast. It comes from a box on the wall. 
Dang it, the story's no longer good. <laughs> Dick Goddard came and spoke. Yes! Right? There oh. you go, Wooly Bears. Yeah. We're going to have to tag people from Cleveland for this podcast. Oh, no. So my, my internship was in Cleveland at Channel 3, which he did, which Dick Goddard did not work at. But Mark Channel Nolan yeah. always said, we forecast the weather. Dick Goddard actually makes it. So yeah. <laughs> he was the king of weather. And there you go. We need a Wooly Bears t-shirt for old school. I think we used to have one at Home Shirts. I think I proposed one for Home Shirts. We never got did. around to it. Wooly. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Wooly People bears. send me pictures of woolly bears all the time, and I was like, whoa, what throw back world? to my Cleveland knowledge. I can right? bust so, that sucker out. So, Lake Effects, no, there's some transplants down here. There's people mm-hmm. around the country probably kind of know it just from being weather nerds, but it, it only yeah. happens in a couple of places in the world mm-hmm. Cleveland, yeah. Buffalo, mm-hmm. and, like, and let me, Lake Geneva in Switzerland. Isn't that the other place? I, that might be. I'm, okay. I don't know I, off of the well, top of my head. But explain <laughs> the phenomenon. it. Explain how the phenomenon works, though. Yeah, so basically, in the wintertime, when the lake is not frozen over, and it does happen a lot up there. But when it's not frozen over, you get the north uh, westerly winds coming out of Canada, colder air, comes over the unfrozen lake, and it picks up all that water vapor. So um, if you remember back to second grade about the water cycle, <laughs> I could sing a song about evaporation and condensation, but I will spare you that. <laughs> um, but you get all that extra water vapor in the air, and cold air doesn't hold as much water vapor as warm air does. So it goes over the lake, kind of pick up, picks up extra water vapor because it's a little warmer above that uh, above the unfrozen lake. And then when it cools down, it comes across on the land, it dumps it all. So you get like a couple miles worth of tons and tons of snow, and it all depends on the exact fetch off the lake. So if the you know, if the wind switches direction by a couple of degrees, a town will get spared and the next town will get hit. So is that hard to predict? Yeah, well, obviously... Or you know it's coming somewhere. They, they know it's Someone coming. It. Well, that's yeah. the hard thing. They'll, they'll kind of have an idea of which town's going to get hit, but trying to predict, like, 6 inches, 8 inches, 12 inches, and what town, you know, Menor and Mayfield get hit. But Chardon, it, it, that's that's the hard part. Around here, we occasionally do get some stuff that holds together off of Lake Michigan. It doesn't... It's not the same, obviously. But, like, if, if some lake effect bands come off of Lake Michigan, we technically can see a little bit of lake effect snow here. Our weird phenomenon was that power plant snow we had twice this year. I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh, yeah. It happened in January or February. It was insane. So, so it was power legit plant power plant, plant snow? Well, I mean... Uh, or is that fake news? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, <laughs> people trying to kill us. Or no, it's It was basically steam getting let off of one of... I think it was a Duke Energy plant. Don't oh, okay. quote me on that. But, like, they were letting off steam at a certain time in the morning. There was a temperature inversion, so you had all this extra water vapor in the air, nowhere for it to go. And it turned into it was it lingered in the air long enough that it crystallized, formed into snow, and there was like a two mile path of four inches of snow on two seventy five, yeah, and no wow. one else got it. It was like Edgewood from like from the power plant downwind across two seventy five, and nobody else had snow that day. Yeah, I remember that my kids got off. We had a Fort Wright. Yeah, uh, wow. it was so, crazy. Yeah, it, was, it was like yeah, the kids don't have school today. Wait, wait, what? How? For real? Yeah, it was like it happened twice to us this winter, which I had never seen before. We were actually able to track it on the radar. Wow. It is, yeah, it's just the extra water vapor. They happened to be letting it off at the exact time with the exact uh. right weather conditions that morning. So, so are we going to... I think we are going to die then. We're starting to get... <laughs> I mean, when has a man-made object... Like weather. really, yeah, yeah, really affected the weather. So you need to check out. It was called. I watched this weather special. And it was like forensic files because why not watch that? But there was sure. one called like Killer Fog, and there was a stretch of road. I want to say it was either I think it was Tennessee, it was either Tennessee or West Virginia, and this stretch of seventy five went from clear skies to zero visibility fog, and like a bunch of people died. This massive like. You know, of cars dozens of cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that. they they tracked it back to a paper mill or something that was letting out water vapor into the valley. And on days where there was an inversion, it like went from nothing from clear skies to fog, and no one could see, and everyone just hit, all the cars hit each other. So yeah, that, there there has been. Oh wow! It has to be the exact right weather conditions and and stuff, but craziness. No doubt. And aren't um? Or maybe this isn't true. Maybe this is something <laughs> I saw on Facebook. Uh, Facebook but. Like if you want to have a wedding and your wedding's planned, and you know you you want to make sure that it's sunny that day, isn't there like some like billion dollar thing that you know uh, your daddy can buy so uh, so that doesn't doesn't rain that day or, or takes the clouds? Or... It cloud seed it. I don't think that works, but I feel like I probably can make at least a couple of bucks off of that idea. Yeah, I mean, I think there's got to be some way to affect the. Well, wasn't, I, I feel... Doctor No working on that. <laughs> They've done things to try to like you know change hurricanes and stuff but none of it's ever actually worked out um to try to like add in what is it uh silver iodide or something to but then that ends up that's in the cloud and you don't want that falling on people so 
Uh, but, you know, the, the number one way to make sure that it rains on your wedding day is to plan an outdoor wedding. Because it doesn't, yeah. I could, I could, if you are what, getting married happen. six months from now, I'm like, well, it's going to rain that day then, obviously, because we're stuck. So as a, as a meteorologist, do you ever get pressure from like the city or some like, <laughs> like do the Bengals or, cause like what I'm getting at is, uh, my family goes to Indy 500 every year. Yeah. And then, you know, every other year it seems like, uh, oh, there's going to be rain to forecast, rain to forecast mm-hmm. up until the day of, and then they say. It's the same term on every channel. There's going to be a window. There's going to be a window. Come out to the track, spend your money, buy your food. There's going to be a window. And I'm like, you know, sometimes it's like a washout all day, no window. I'm like, they they totally just freaking lied to us. I mean, is that... No, but I do. I, I know you, you probably can't even say that. No, I'm like, no, but like, I, 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 no, one of my pet peeves is when people say things are going to be a washout and they won't be. Like, I've, I've had, I've tried to explain this to some of the new... Uh, meteorologists on staff, whatever, like they'll say, Oh, it's going to be a washout. No Reds game tonight. But you know, they play as much as they possibly can. So I try yeah. not to be like, Oh, it's going to be a washout when it's not. So I kind of go the other way. Cause I, I hate when people are like just a blanket statement. Oh, it's going to be a washout of a day. Well, maybe it won't be. And maybe you cancel your plan that you've had. Yeah. Uh, but I've never had any specific pressure, but I know they prefer when, <laughs> when you don't say, hey, Taste of Cincinnati, it's going to storm all weekend long. That's yeah. not good. Um, but you kind of explain the exact, you know, chances and the exact threat and the best time. You know, you kind of try to be a little more specific about it. What about a five-day forecast? My wife constantly is like, oh, it's going to rain this week. And I'm like, no, it's not. That's it five days away. There's, you, they don't so know. So <laughs> much can change. Like, exactly. it's it's crazy. So... Back when we were all little, like the current seven-day forecast is as accurate as like a three-day forecast was when we all grew up because the technology is getting better and better and better. But it takes one stubborn area of high pressure or, say, Alberto, the tropical storm that's coming up. You know, if that wasn't in the forecast four days ago, but now we're going to get rain for two days, uh, one thing can change. A, a system can die out or stall out or move faster or slower or whatever. And so stuff changes so often. People will be like, well, you you know, the, yeah, they'll look at a forecast on a Monday for an event the next Sunday. And you're like, dude, there's a lot of time there. A lot of stuff can change. So take the last couple days of the seven-day forecast was like a guide. But, you know, we try to make it as, as accurate as possible, as far out as possible. Is there still a big competition to see who has the biggest and best Doppler and, <laughs> and all that? My Doppler's bigger than your Doppler. Yeah, we, we, they were, they're most getting, accurate to the 10th power. Right. It's like I feel like people used to, like, the promos were used to be like, our Doppler's better than theirs. And, yeah. I mean, not everybody has their own radars anymore. Uh, we do. but uh, And the National Weather Service has theirs, and some just rely on that. So it, you've kind of noticed that the, the uh, promos aren't, like, Doppler's forecast, Doppler centric. Um, they're more about accuracy, and that's what our station does. Ours is the seven years most accurate for Cincinnati, and that's actually an outside company that rates us all um, against the other stations in town, against the National Weather Service, and against stations in Dayton too. So they actually go in. There's a dude whose job it is to check the forecast at all of these stations. I don't know. I don't know how he does it. I don't know if he does it like on Twitter or on Facebook or the website or whatever. Sounds like a great job. Right? Yeah. Sitting in your basement, <laughs> checking out the forecast, writing it down. Make Excel spreadsheet nerd. My dad's dream job. Yeah. <laughs> there are probably some people who have this as an at-home thing and did not know they could, you know, turn it into a business. But so this dude tracks the forecast and um, then goes back the next day and checks it versus what actually happened officially at the airport and then rates it. And it's like your temperature has to be within whatever degrees. And if you say it rained and it didn't, or there's like a, there's different categories. You get a grade for the day and then you amass a score through the, through the year. And then they kind of grade us out. So yeah, this year we kicked everybody's butt in all of Southwest Ohio. Well, so that's, that's awesome. good. Yeah. So you're not the chief meteorologist, I am right? not. I am the morning meteorologist. So yeah. do you ever, like, get in a fight with, like, uh, <laughs> Kevin, or do you ever, you're... No, so, okay, so my favorite story about this was back in the day when Derek Beasley was our chief. You may uh, know yeah. that Derek said it Derek would. Derek said it would. Right. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. I still have the umbrella. We had shirts. Exactly. <laughs> of course you did. I think it was one of my first shirts I got from you guys, actually, was the Derek said it would tee. I heard he didn't like that very much. Well, he didn't have the personality to carry it out. That wasn't his, uh-huh. like, he wasn't, you know, you're going to need to be, like, the outgoing person, but... 
the they uh, so we would we always leave notes to each other, and we've got this big clipboard with my forecast sheet, and I put it on top of Kevin's forecast sheet from the night before. And you know, we'll write notes like, "Oh, I think Friday's trending warmer," or "It looks like the Euro model has a better handle." You know, we leave each other notes. So this was when Derek was chief and Eric Green was in the mornings, and they were getting almost like a little snippy with each other, like on these little notes. They were leaving post-its to each other, and it was like an election day forecast, something that actually you know weather does matter on election yeah. day. So. <laughs> Eric thought it was going to be one thing. Derek thought it was going to be another. And you do default to the chief. Like, if it's going back and forth, you don't want to, like, me saying one thing in the morning, Kevin saying something different every night. You're going back and forth. So, since he's the chief, he wins out. We want the forecast. Well, whatever Eric was saying ended up being right. They bet a dollar on it. Uh, so, election day comes. Eric's forecast was right. Derek's forecast was wrong. And they bet a buck on it. So, we, he gave Eric the dollar. And we framed it and put it on the Weather Center wall. And it says, Derek said it would, but it didn't. And we, oh, nice. <laughs> so we put it up on the wall. And then when Derek left, he took it. We're like, that wasn't yours. That was ours. We earned that. But, uh, yeah. So we, 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 we like, do. I'm uh, out of here. <laughs> yeah, he took his dollar and left. That's awesome. So you've been here quite a long quite I a am while. in my 12th year. Yeah. Wow. Is that uh, unusual for... Uh, I, yeah, it seems it, like it is. They're always flopping around. I feel like that station? was... Yes. Yeah, so I've been at Channel 5 for... Tw- this is my 12th year. And when I got here, it was very much known as like a revolving door. There were like, we had a lot of people coming and going. And a lot of that, you know, management, like somebody doesn't like somebody, whatever. Um, but I'm lucky that I'm there and yeah, waking up stupid early in the morning, five days a week for fun. Uh, what time <laughs> is stupid early? Two. Wow. Uh, I used yeah. to work at the airport and got up at, I think, 4.30 was... That sounds nice. Yeah, that's sleeping in, right? <laughs> 4.30 is had awesome. To be, had to be at Terminal 1, which is no longer there. <laughs> Terminal 1 to meet everybody else. We drove the truck across the airfield to mm-hmm. Concourse C to open the cafe for 6 in the morning. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, no, I you get, get up used at to 2. It. Yeah. Well, it's never, like, easy, but it's normal. Yeah. Like, I get up at 2. During the winter, if a big system's coming in, I, you know, I, I, set, up, I set my alarm a couple times this past winter for, like, 12.30 a.m. Oh, my gosh. So what time do you go to bed? So the goal <laughs> like, hey, kids, is eight people. Well, that's the whole house. deal. I've got Good two night. little kids. So my husband's a rock star. He's amazing. He does the morning. He does the evening. Um, but yeah, I, I try to go to bed at eight, but depending on the kids and their schedule and if I'd actually like to see my husband, perhaps for more than seven, seven minutes, I try to go to bed at eight. I'm in wow. bed by nine for sure. But I have wow. the uncanny ability to fall asleep. Anywhere, if you guys were to leave me alone for three and a half seconds, I'd probably be snoozing on the desk oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, what'd you do before uh, DVR? Right? Uh, I, mean, I just you must had not known any TV shows. I, I have no pop culture reference. Yeah, no, it was awful. There were VCRs. There were, right, the VHS <laughs> sure. ones. You had hit play record at the same time. No, uh, <laughs> you could set them the time recording. Yeah, yeah otherwise, I was totally yeah. screwed. I, I did it, TiVo. We had one of those back in the day. We still have the TiVo. We have it in our basement. We tried to sell it at a yard sale a couple times. No one would take it. That's weird because uh, not not to be a commercial for those folks, yeah. but that is the most reliable recorder because we huh. have the with one from the cable company. It's <laughs> rubbish, and my mother in law has it, and she has to unplug it and plug it back in. <laughs> let's say at minimum twice a week, yeah, and wow. I've had to, I've had to reset my TiVo once. Hmm. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, so, off Amazon right make, now. Make t-shirts for them. <laughs> so how does this go from uh, a hobby of not you know and, and mm-hmm. following it and wanting yeah. to have snow days yeah. to thinking like wow. This could be something I could do. And does it also factor in that you could be on big telly at the same right. time? So that, so when I got older, I did a job shadow at Channel 3 in Cleveland okay. solely because my dad knew a guy. You know, it was one of those like, oh, I can get there you in you for go. a day. And I saw what he did at the green screen. I thought it was super cool because it's like <laughs> little Hollywood magic. It's easily the most you know exciting thing for any little kid that comes in through the station and adult uh, to put on you know, a green shirt and the green screen. So I thought that was pretty cool. And it's something I could use my personality in, but also use science and stuff. But I went into college, went to OU. I went in there thinking I was going to be an NFL sideline reporter or MLB oh. network. I wanted to be a sportscaster. Wow. But I, I kind of did both. So in college, I did broadcast news, meteorology, and a specialization, specialization in sports journalism. So I did kind of all three. And then I graduated. I had a tape, a little literal VHS tape, like we were talking about, yeah. in sports casting. I had one in weather. Sent them all out and said, whichever one happens first is the one I was supposed yeah, to do. That's your path. So right before graduation, I got a call from Columbus, Mississippi. So, asking me to be on the air. So in high school, was there still the TV production class yes, offered? Yes, absolutely. Mr. Kowalki still there? Yes! Okay. Yeah. Oh, God, Kowalki, boy. So yeah. I know he retired. My friend Bob Gray told me that um, Kowalki retired. He was in a, you know, retired a little earlier than he could have, but okay. I knew he was there he when was you were there. He was still there when I was there late okay. 90s. Yeah, we All had right. the little TV production studio. Yeah, yeah, the cable we did channel. the news, and then I remember doing... Um, 
stay we had to do like music videos so me and my group did Sabotage Beastie Boys. Oh wow. Which nice. is still my go-to karaoke Most song. Absolutely. Oh yeah, flipping tables and stuff. It was great. And then we did uh, That's our your karaoke own... song. <laughs> just People scream. don't expect it. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. And then uh, we did Singled Out. So like Chris Hardwork, Jenny McCarthy. I was the Jenny McCarthy, which I think is hilarious because in in high school I did not wear makeup and I wore mesh shorts and long sleeve shirts <laughs> to school every day, but I I did that character. But yeah, we did it. We had a cool wow. TV production Co- Covered sports because we did football and basketball and nah i was a cheerleader and, and a uh, softball player no, I mean, so i could never covering it for for the no. tv station they didn't do that uh, at ou i did but not oh, okay. in high school weirdly because bob gray and i really pressured kowalki to to do that <laughs> and so we did baseball games and and bob wanted to direct them and i wanted to do play by play so That's it, was a, awesome. it was a perfect yeah it worked out Very really cool. well yeah wow <laughs> so and most meteorologists people that study weather mm-hmm. Uh, people probably realize this, but most people that study it don't end up in broadcasting. They're no. mostly doing it for airports and there's the all military sorts of cool things you can do. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. like golf court. Like the PGA has a meteorologist. How yeah. nice is that job? Forecasting wow. whether it's going to rain and what the yeah. what the winds are on whatever the you know someone will be up at the memorial this weekend. Or there are people who you know like Kings Island has uh, contracts out to somebody. Like they don't have their own meteorologist, but there's a company that like works for places like Kings Island or the stadium, or whatever, and they can call them and be like the on call meteorologist for outdoor events where you got to, you know, evacuate 15,000 people in 15 minutes. So it's, yeah, there are lots of different places that you can be a meteorologist and not be on, on TV. And when did weather went out over sports when you... Yeah. So in college, I, I kind of really liked um, forecasting and I remembered... I was taking meteorology classes and I played softball for OU and it was one of those, we had a doubleheader scheduled and I just kind of learned about forecast models and I was kind of getting cocky about my, my <laughs> forecasting abilities <laughs> and uh, you know, my coach was like, oh no, we're going to get this game in, you know, whatever.com says the we- the rain won't get here till 8 p.m. And I was like, I think we're going to get the first game in, but then, I mean, a hailstorm could be here in time for the second game. <laughs> oh, that was your first forecast? So, yes. In front of the- it was awesome. So we started drawing on the whiteboard. So the game, yeah, so the game, we get through the end of the first game and like black clouds rolling in over the ridges at OU. Wow. And I mean, like we put on our batting helmets and had to pull the tarp because the hail was coming down by the time the second game was about to start. And I was celebrating like I just hit the game winning <laughs> yeah. home run. I was like, nailed it! We're going to the cat's eye. <laughs> we were not allowed to drink in season, but uh, maybe that might have happened once or twice. I was gonna say anything goes at OU, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where did you end up? You said you've been here for twelve years, but I assume you had to go to a smaller market first, like yeah. most. Okay. So. so Columbus, Mississippi. I was at wow. WCBI in Columbus, Mississippi for about a year and a half, doing morning and noon weather, and also did like lifestyle reporting and kids' oh. fitness reporting and some Friday night football reporting. There you go. And then I was at DTN in Dayton for two and a half years, and then I've been here for now okay. going on in the twelve-ish year. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so those are the minor leagues, and once you got the call to the big leagues, to come <laughs> to Cincinnati, you were like. Yeah, well, I, and I always. Oh, my dad! I made it. Yeah, well, I grew up growing up in Cleveland. I never would have thought that Cincinnati is like my home, but yeah. it totally is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my bosses, he gave me a big compliment. He was like, I, he goes, I never would have known you're not from here. I'm like, because I love this town so much. Cincinnati is flipping amazing. A lot of transplants here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so we're happy to you know raise our kids here, and we're not moving. So they're stuck with me for a long time. Hopefully, is your husband That's from awesome. here? He's from Springfield, so just outside okay, of Dayton. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So close enough. We got you know in laws. We got Grammy and Grampy just about an hour away. So that's helpful. There you go. Mm-hmm. So nothing will take you away from Cincy, huh? If uh, Al Roker says, you know what, I'm gonna <laughs> hang it up. So like I obviously Houston or a big nah. market. Nah, I really like it here, which is awesome. I got to do the Today Show a couple years ago. Yeah. So that was cool, and it was enough for me to know that that's not what I wanted. Uh-huh. Like. If you would ask me, you know, as a newbie meteorologist, I'd be like, oh, yeah, someday I'm going to be on the Today Show and, and whatever. And I see what Dylan Dreyer, who's the, you know, Al's sidekick meteorologist, has to do. Yeah. And they send her to every flood, every tornado, oh, every, every everything. And she's got a little kid. And I'm like, how in the world are you going to do that? So I was like, that schedule would not work for my life as a as a mom. And then I got to do it a couple years ago. And that studio, you think that the plaza is this big thing because you see it on TV. And you're like, oh, this is huge. It is very small, and it was almost claustrophobic. <laughs> and then inside the studio, it's an old studio, and so our studio at Channel 5 is probably twice, if not three times the size of the Today Show. And, like, every person has their own, like, Al Roker has his very own floor director, his very own audio part. Like, it's crazy the amount of stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, and it was super cool the day I did it, but now that's not, like, a a, a career goal for me. Like, it was cool. I would do it again if they asked me to, yeah, but I am awesome. happy to be here for sure. 
Did you get uh, Al Roker's cell phone number? Could you like text him right now? <laughs> hey, Al, what's going on? Uh, no, I, I, <laughs> I'm doing this sweet podcast and everybody's asking about you. Uh, no, he was, I actually only saw him for a couple minutes. I got to hang out with a lot of the um, people that have moved along from the station. Oh, uh, you and Matt Lauer? Natalie. Oh, no, I didn't get to meet him at all because I was going to be like, oh, Bobcat Pride. And then I mean, obviously oh, two years yeah, later, yeah. that would not have worked out so good. I was wondering so. if that's my next question. <laughs> did, I go, did I go to his office? No. Yeah. no. <laughs> press the button. Uh-huh. Oh, hey boom. Oh, man, that was, that was crazy. Yeah, the world uh, has definitely changed <laughs> since then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is weather like... Different market to market. I mean, I know you know you worked in three markets basically, yeah. but still, I mean, is it since we have seasons here? It's is cool, it yeah. more challenging, or is it like in Florida? It's basically the same, but they still have hurricanes and different things to worry right. about. And I think every yeah. part of the country has their own like deal. Obviously, yeah. I love it here because we do get all four seasons, so you get challenges in all different kinds of forecasting. Um, but there are parts of the country where weather is, you know, somewhat of a blow off. And then they have a weather event, and then you're like, oh, geez, let's call in the big guns. And, uh, but I, yeah, I feel like there are parts of the country I would be super bored in, I think. Oh, yeah. San Diego, I don't know. <laughs> Brick does a great job doing yeah. the weather out there, let him and the anchorman do it. Um, but yeah, like Florida, every day there's a chance for storms, but they also have, you know, hurricanes and stuff. So it, every part of the country has their own deal. I think a lot of people like the Midwest, but then there are people who are crazy severe storm people, and they will they love working in Oklahoma City and Tornado oh, Alley and yeah. and that kind of thing, and that's cool. But you know, I like to also forecast snowstorms. <laughs> uh, so, am I remembering this correctly? So I've said told this story before on the podcast. Uh-oh. It seems in Cleveland when I was mm-hmm. growing up, it snowed in October mm-hmm. and it was on the ground until March at least. Absolutely. And the, and the Great Lakes Mall parking lot there, there'd be those huge mountains of mm-hmm. snow that Black. would just stay there until yeah, until it was yeah. until May they would melt. And here. It snows, it goes away. Has that always kind of been the case? Is that usual for both cities, it's, or is it? Because it seems like I thought when we moved here, even though it's usually ten degrees warmer mm-hmm. than Cleveland, that at least snow would stay on the ground for a amount of time. Snow never really stays on the ground here. No, and it, and it really is. I mean, if you look at the um, latitude difference and the sun angle difference, that might have something to do with it. But yeah, the twenty to, ten to twenty degrees colder <laughs> is a major difference. My dad still is on uh, in east in the east side of Cleveland. And he's never really left the east side of Cleveland. So he thinks whatever the weather's going on there is exactly the same as what's uh, going on. Like, he'll send out the group text in the morning. <laughs> like, hey, guys, roads are really bad. Be careful. And I'm like, you're the only one in Cleveland. I'm in Cincinnati. I've already been at work for two hours. My sister's in Milwaukee <laughs> where they had the snow yesterday. My brother's in Tampa where it sure as heck isn't snowing. So we're always like, good job, Dad. So he's even amazed that, like, he's like, no, that was for you. I'm like, well. There's, he didn't know that, like, you know, five hours down the road is completely different. I sent him a map the other day when he was at 49 degrees and we were 87. Like, welcome to tropical Cincinnati. Oh, jeez. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a difference in yeah, yeah the, the sun angle and all sorts of stuff. We're, we're just far enough south. Yay. Well, <laughs> yeah, you have your own personal scouts mapped out throughout the country. To give <laughs> exactly. You that insider info. <laughs> That's true. I can remember, see what's coming our way. I remember growing up always looking on the news and noticing that, especially in, in April, you notice this, and in the fall, that mm-hmm. Cincinnati was always at least 10 degrees warmer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they're already getting spring. It'd be like 70 down here, and we're still in the 50s. Yeah. You know, in the middle of the day up in Cleveland. And, exactly. Uh, we had the opening day for Cleveland has been snowed out on more than one occasion, I yes. believe. At I least one. It's never been snowed out here, has it? No. Just rained out. We've been rained out. Rained up and out. We've had sleep once. It's snowed. Yeah, we've had it's sleet and chilly. stuff. But it yeah. has been chilly. I remember the first opening day at GABP was barely got to 60. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Burr, 60. Yeah, yeah right? Sounds- <laughs> I know. In Cleveland, I'd be like, yes. <laughs> Yeah. What, what, happened I, to, what happened to our spring this year? Like, oh, come on. We skipped it. Like it what, the what? winter. So it's not the, coming back? No. I, lo- I mean, we're stuck with warm air. It looks like it'll get a little cooler this particular weekend. But, I mean, we did. We went from April was one of the coolest on record for us in Cincinnati to May that will likely end up being the warmest May on record for Cincinnati. So we just went ahead and skipped the season. Cincinnati, why not? That's scary. (laughs) Maybe we can, like, save it and bring that spring in, like, later on into some other season. Well, well, it does seem to stay uh, uh, warm later in the fall. It does. Lately. I agree. Yeah, it's like usually (laughs) October is when it starts to get cold. No, because, yeah, football season, you usually could plan on the last couple games, you know, being maybe snowing or in winter weather. But, I mean, I think last year I busted out a winter coat once for football. So, yeah, it, it, it... it's definitely been extending further into yeah. the fall. My wife works for P&G, and the company picnic is always the, like the third weekend in September, mm-hmm. and it's always still really warm. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, like summer warm. But then it seems right after like the next day, which is uh, Monday, 
it gets cold. Well, no, and <laughs> I know... It does become fall. I don't know. And what... there are studies about, you know, when stuff changes typically. But I remember when the ladies from the Flying Pig were getting ready to start the Queen Bee, they literally did a study of, like, when in October does the weather really start to turn? And that's why whatever... Is it the first or the second Saturday in October or whatever? Yeah. It was after that date you had more of a chance of it being cold or being snowing or whatever. Bad weather, you know, kicked in halfway through October. That's why they picked it, which I thought was interesting. Nice. Hey, people are using their brains. (laughs) Weird. So this had to come up eventually, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to preface it because you're a meteorologist, so I think it's fair to ask you climate change. Uh Uh-huh. All right? So what's what's the deal? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. No, it's... Shots fired. It's happening. Uh I, I I am a climate change believer. I feel like we a lot of meteorologists, we were all kind of late to jump on, not late to jump on board, but took the time to analyze the data. Because um, I, this is a podcast, you guys can't see my hand, but, you know, they, we haven't been keeping weather records for all that long. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 1888 or something. Right, and yeah. that's like, and, and to think of the technology changes between now and then versus someone writing with a pencil on paper hoping that they got it right. You know what I mean? So to look at weather information over the last... 100, 150 years, whatever we have, that's only a small snippet of climate, right? And so if you look at a chart, there are always ups and downs. It kind of goes like a Chevron pattern, up and down, for people who aren't watching me do this with my finger. So (laughs) you don't know, yeah, you don't know what the little segment is going to be. So you don't know if, you know, in that 150 years, if we were on an upswing of what is generally an up and down trend. Um, So you want to wait till more, you had more time and more information. And a lot of people, you know, you don't want them to extrapolate off of one segment that's going up. Like, you can't say, oh, there were a lot of hurricanes back in the year that Katrina hit. So, obviously, this is what's happening. You know, you can't use a one year or, you know, uh, as a as a example. So, yes, the uh, climate is changing. Yes, humans have a huge impact on that. And, yes, there are things that we can possibly do or need to start doing to limit the effects of that. You know, there there are ways to change. There are things that we can do, and super smart people can come up with awesome things that that are you know ways to mim- minimize our impact. So, I yes. So does it <laughs> factor a lot into your job, or you're you're dealing still more with the symptoms, and the actual day to day weather? Right, and that's the whole thing. I'm not a climatologist. Okay. I am a meteorologist. I deal one so week at a what, time. Okay, so what's the difference? Because yes. a lot of people like that. That uh, there's I don't know if you've seen this video going around the, the knucklehead that founded um, the Weather Channel who is not, in fact, a weatherman that I know of. Or, he, or maybe he I, is. I don't know if he's a meteorologist or not. But he had, he had this video going around saying that he had all these scientists signing this uh, petition that says that it's a, it's all bunk, it's all bogus. Mm-hmm. And on my podcast, I looked at this. And if you look at the list of people, I went through the A's of the, of the <laughs> list. I found one scientist. It was a biologist from the University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Fine. Still a scientist. Not a meteorologist. Or a, still right. a, the rest, a, a chiropractor mm-hmm. in Key West. It was people like that. People that got their University of Phoenix degrees yeah. and decided, oh, but and, you know, I, I think I'll trust a meteorologist over a uh, chiropractor right. for my Well, and I, and I d- default and to that sometimes when people ask for, like, seasonal outlooks. So I'll be like, you know, I, I forecast seven days in a row and, thing, you know, things could change. And I barely look at day, past days 10 because stuff changes so frequently. And that's my focus. But there are people whose job is to look at climate and look at the as a whole and look at ocean temperatures and look at the, how things are changing. I don't have time on my day. <laughs> You know, when I'm rolling to the station at 3 a.m., I'm not looking at all of those things, you know, between 3 and 4.30 a.m. I'm trying to forecast for Cincinnati for that day and for that week. So there are people whose job it is to look at the big picture and study climate as a whole. And I would default to what they have to say on okay. things like that, for sure. But, yeah. So you, how related are they, though? Like, if mm-hmm. you wanted to be become a, yeah, a climatologist, climatologist, how far of a leap is that from meteorologist? I mean, I'm sure it's, it's bigger, a smaller leap than what I would have to take. <laughs> Don't <laughs> right. me no climatologist. Yeah. <laughs> I went to school for 10 years after. Right, yeah. I think it has to do with more research and, and you know, advanced, you know, uh, people who stay in the university setting or who go to work oh, okay. for the World Meteorological Association or NOAA. Or it, you'd have to get it into a different path, obviously. Broadcast meteorology and the National Oceanic, uh, you know, NOAA, N-O-A-A, and they, they're completely different. You know, I could probably, I could have gone off that path, I was but this say, is not probably what yeah. colleges were branches Correct, off. Yes. Okay, very yeah. good. See, mm-hmm. something new. Yeah, I guess there's the one guy at MIT who was a climatologist, who was a skeptic, and that guy I'll listen to because yeah. he's a climatologist and he's at MIT. So well, I'll and a lot of him. it is exactly. So, and a lot of things are. It's you know, people waiting to see how much data comes in and not jumping. You don't want to jump too early on a bandwagon. Um, but you know, things are changing and there are things you can do as why wouldn't you try to take the step? Like if, you know, your doctor says you have cancer and these are the ways you can treat it. Why wouldn't you treat it? Right. You're like, 
rather be like, oh, the other, the you know, the four out of five doctors said this. I'm gonna go with the one that doesn't. That's not that doesn't yeah. make sense. Go with what gives you the best chances. So, so you believe though that there is a polar bear floating on ice cube with a sad, <laughs> sad look on his face, and it's slowly somewhere. and it's slowly melting away yeah. underneath him. Very sad polar bear. Like yeah. from the time we started this interview to now, <laughs> it's, it's gotten smaller. What's weird is when they use that to to, say, you know, to, to you know get people thinking about climate change is the fact that's the wrong thing because polar bears can actually swim hundreds of miles. Yeah, <laughs> they're fine. Well, and this people that the, yeah, they're <laughs> well, and climate and weather are two different things. The, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're completely different scales and they're completely different things. What about the uh, the science behind a Sharknado? <laughs> See, that obviously has happened, what, like five and six times now? How many uh, how many sequels have they had? Yeah. Ian Ziering's been able to pay for a couple mansions, I yeah, think. Yeah, it only right? affects washed-up celebrities. <laughs> but... It's pretty amazing. But if there is, like, a lot of uh, sharks concentrated in one... <laughs> One spot. Theory, it could, uh, it theoretically, it could happen. Uh, like a frog nado has happened before. You know, like, really? Yeah, a storm could Not come through. Not just in the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> or is weird. It? Maybe that was actually a weird weather phenomenon that they wrote about. But, like, no, you can have a big storm come through and it could pick up stuff from a pond and toss it a couple miles or a couple towns away. Sense. So, yeah, anything that a storm picks up, it could technically throw. So, if it uh-huh. hit a bunch of sharks that happened to be chilling close to the shore, I don't know. <laughs> You know, it, but there anything that that could be picked up could technically be transported by a tornado. Is a tornado over water called something? A water else? spout. spout. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lake Erie. So shark mm-hmm. water spout just didn't sound. Yeah. Sure. It's it not nearly as awesome. awesome. Rainbow trout water spout. Cod in Lake Erie. Rainbow, Rainbow trout, trout water, water spout. Also yeah. not as deadly. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how do they determine? Yeah, like, Rainbow. Also, I was curious about this because because growing up, it, my dad told us a story about uh, the tornado that came through in '69. Mm-hmm. It might have hit Mentor. I don't. Still, they still don't know. But um, my brother was out. <laughs> I feel my dad to couldn't find, out find now. him. He was freaking out. They yeah. My brother finally rode his bike home just before the storm hit. But oh, there geez. was like there was stuff driven through trees right by Fairfax. Mm-hmm. But they never knew. How did they determine if they if they're not there at the time or after the fact? The strength yeah. of it, or if there was a tornado. So it's always after the fact, basically. Uh, tornadoes can be radar indicated, but or obviously spotted by a person. Yeah. <laughs> so then after the fact, a team of meteorologists will go out from the National Weather Service and they'll survey the damage and they will look at what type of structures were damaged, what type of damage there was to the structure, whether it's, you know, barn that was about to fall down anyway that got knocked over. Because uh, a lot of time you hear about, oh, you know, a barn was toppled, but if you drive down on some of those rural routes, <laughs> there are a couple of barns that I could have blown pretty hard and, yeah. you know, knocked it over. Or if, you know, well-built structures are being damaged or and the direction that stuff is thrown, whether it's scattered everywhere or all falling in the same direction, um, whether it's straight-line winds or tornadic. So they look at all sorts of different things versus, you know, how much damage, what kind of stuff was damaged, um, and what direction all the stuff is thrown. Totally non-technical ways of telling you what they're looking for, but they look at tree damage and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, stuff driven into trees, obviously, how long, how far and uh, how, how strong the winds could have been to do that type of thing. Cool. Oh, and uh, I need to ask you this. Mm-hmm. This just popped into my head. I was always told, and maybe this is just my dad trying to assuage <laughs> my fears, but the eastern shore of Lake Erie up there is a, it's tornado resistant because of the, the wind since it comes off the lake or something. There was some, or is that a bunch of jive? That's a bunch of jive. Dad, God dad, bless come on, it. Dad. Dang it. Uh, uh, ruins everything. Oh, well. Oh, well. My mom <laughs> bought it for, for years and years, so I guess. There what's you your go. Uh, What's your favorite uh, meteorological event? Like, thunder snow? Is that the easy one? Oh, duh. Just, and also, everyone's... it's a good beer, so that's always helpful, too. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but is there but... something that you're like, you know, is in the forecast, and you're like, yes, I can't, you just bounce out of bed. You can't or you want to see this happen as a phenomenon no. you've only heard about in school or, or years ago, and you want to see it happen? No, I mean, thunder snow is super awesome. I mean, you get thunder and lightning in a snow, and, and in a snowstorm, and it snows like freaking crazy. So it, it basically be like a really heavy downpour you'd get in a thunderstorm. But all of it's snow. So you can get like three inches of snow in an hour. It's crazy. How common is that? Um, I mean, it happens every season. It just doesn't happen everywhere. We've had some here. That's pretty cool. I prefer forecasting winter events. I don't like driving in them, but but I think it's kind of more of a challenge. Because as much as, you know, uh, if you forecast a major tornadic outbreak, it actually happens. That's awful. You know, like, you you forecast a a major snow system, and it kind of sucks, obviously. The roads are bad. The schools are closed and stuff. But... I would rather, that's why I kind of don't want to work in Oklahoma or Missouri or a place where Uh, a bit, you know, a big devastating tornado is on the ground. I don't, I don't want to have to have the, I have the ability to fork. I don't want to be the one delivering that information on a regular basis. Now, how do you uh, handle all the the negative news out there? (laughs) 
Lisa Cooney just talks about a school shooting, and then, mm-hmm. hey, we'll pass it over to pass Randy Rico. Oh, that's She's right. got a bill. Yeah. Yes, we try to make it as... Or, or is there... You probably don't want to be too perky, or do you want... Like, what's the, what's the protocol for... Yeah. Well, the weather Tragedy. is the weather. Exactly. Let's get to the weather. And you know, I in a lot of that it has to do with the producers not going dead baby, dead baby, dead baby. Here's Randy with the weather. Like that's. <laughs> and there have been a couple days where I'm like, guys, like, is there anything? Move me. Is there anything we can do? Because you want to make it a transition. And I am generally an upbeat person, but depending on the news of the day, obviously I do listen to the stories that come ahead of me, and you try to like make the transition as smooth as possible. But yeah, sometimes it's. Sometimes they'll like roll, occasionally even they'll roll the weather open like the big weather like certified most accurate for it just to break it up yeah. because you don't want to go from awful devastating tragedy death and then hey here's the bus stop forecast so there's occasionally my producers have even rolled the full weather open just to have some sort of a break between what we just talked about and where we're going. Oh uh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So when uh, Al Roker says, hey, let's see what's going on in your neck of the woods. Are you really, like, live, like, right there? Absolutely. You, like, see him on TV, and you're like, thanks, Al. Yeah, so I'm in the studio, too, for the cut-ins. And sometimes the the biggest pain in our butts is sometimes he'll get cut for time and he won't do weather. He'll just be like, here's what's happening in your neck of the woods. And that's when you sprint across the studio. (laughs) (laughs) We had uh, one of our previous uh, weather forecasters. She was one of her first days, and she thought she actually had to be, like, on TV right when that happened. Like, I, if I'm at this, in in the weather center, which is, you know, 20 yards away from the weather wall, walk across and, like, casually walk into the shot. She sprinted, and you saw her, like, sprint into the shot. Like, <laughs> it's okay. It, you, know, you, can, you can walk in, especially when Al doesn't actually do the weather, and he just tosses out of nowhere. But, yeah, usually we're so just a, chilling. He's cannon, huh? You never, you never know. know. Yeah, and actually, sometimes Society. he goes, run to your weather walls. Here's what's happening in your neck of the woods when he knows he totally just screwed us all over because none of us are anywhere near ready and we're all, you know, chilling at our desks. What's the biggest misconception people have about weather that you often have to correct? Uh, that we're always wrong. Okay. <laughs> what? Wow. Shots fired again. Right. No, I always, no, I, I mean, it's like, it, how, is it nice to keep your job when you're wrong all the time? Yeah, that's great. I, we're pretty right. <laughs> right more often than, than we're wrong, actually. We, I used to keep an Excel spreadsheet and, like, grade us in the weather center every day because I wanted to get better. And uh, we, you know, we had like an 86% accuracy rate. And then I had kids and I had better things to do than, yeah. than go back and keep it, especially now that weather rate does that for us. So we can actually go back and compare ourselves to everybody else. Yeah, that, I get that one all the time. Are there any days you just like phone it in? You're like, man, I can't <laughs> be reading all these European models today. I'm just going to go to weather.com and. No, always straight from my brain every single morning. Really? <laughs> Hungover, no, Some but. Charts and... <laughs> yeah, it's, it, no, it, it it's never fun. <laughs> There's some mornings where trying to, you're just not in the mood to come up with creative ways to say it. I think that happens more when the weather hasn't changed in a couple of days. Granted, the forecasting process is easier because you kind of know what's going on. Yeah. But trying to think of creative ways to say what's happening gets kind of um, hard on those kind of days. And what who decides when to break into the normal broadcast mm-hmm. day? Because sometimes there'll be like you know a storm happening around us. I'm thinking like surely someone's on this. Yeah. I'm flipping around all five channels, and I'm like nothing. No one's dug. Days of our lives is still on. And it's like <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, and a lot of that has to do. Obviously, different management has different yeah, styles. Yeah. Um, but our policy is if there is a severe thunderstorm warning or a tornado warning, obviously we're going to cut in. Typically, with severe thunderstorm warning, I'll break into the programming. And a minute or so, you know, kind of track it, tell you what's happening, and then get you back to what you're watching. Because thunderstorms do happen around here <laughs> pretty often. Um, but if it's a tornado warning, we break in and we don't stop talking until the threat is over. So that can be 15 minutes, half hour, hours and hours and hours um, of coverage. And I've actually done that before where I go to watch something on DVR like two weeks later and get mad at myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, duh, I was trying to watch Ninja Warrior and then there's your stupid weather cut in that we yeah. recorded. And it kind of depends. Obviously, we have the ability to, if there's a big storm coming, and we know there's wind damage, but maybe there's not been a warning issued, my bosses are okay with me going, I need to do a cut-in now. You know, if there's a big storm coming into downtown, maybe it's not warning, but there's damage. We have the ability to make the call. We don't do that, obviously, very often. In fact, I think I may have done that once in my 12 years here. Um, Typically, we wait for a a warning or whatever to be issued, but um, we'll stay on and... How long we stay on, like I know a lot of times we keep on going or like with winter storm coverage, how long we stay on, a lot of that has to do with 
just the management deciding that we have covered it enough or not. Huh. So when uh, you so you see Kevin without his his coat Ooh, or his casual tie Kevin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. bad news though because he's <laughs> that means he's been there all, he's all day. <laughs> he's all business. There's if he's not all buttoned up. Yeah. Then, very uh, rarely does do I do Kevin. I mean it. Kevin has showed up and stayed all the way through my shift a couple of occasions. And by the end, yeah, he's, I mean, he is shirt unbuttoned, tie gone, uh, you know, rolled up sleeves. Uh, he means business. Cast then. Away. Yeah. You can't be in a stuffy suit for that many hours of coverage. I guess that's the thing. I don't know. You don't not, get a, that luxury. not a dude. Don't remove my clothing whilst doing the wedding. That would be a problem. They're going to be up there with their Cincy shirts on and basketball shorts. I have rolled in before shirts. and done that, like one of those where they're covering storms overnight and I roll in. And, you know, ponytail on top of the head, no, no makeup. And I think it was one we were they were doing extended coverage. It might have been a winter system. I don't remember, but they were like, Oh, Randy walked in. There's no way she'd come on air right now. And I was like, Oh yeah? Dare me. <laughs> it's two AM. Who's watching? And those who did saw me like with wow. no makeup, pebbles, ponytail on top of my head. Like, yep, here I am in my boots and my winter coat. What do you want me to talk about? That's awesome. <laughs> So, something really controversial. Oh, good. Sports. I noticed you're wearing Cavs colors from the 90s. I just realized <laughs> we had, for the podcast listeners, Man. today is the day they're announcing that Cincinnati, we hope, mm-hmm. is going to get at the MLS. Otherwise, that is we're a big wearing, party for some. <laughs> we're all wearing orange and blue. We're here to announce another extension. But what I want to know, I'm always curious about this with people that in broadcasting that come to other towns, yeah. because I was never like this, but Browns are playing the Bengals, and even yeah. though the Browns are terrible. Mm-hmm. Are you really rooting for the Bengals, or is this just TV talks? And all the guys go, hey, the Bengals won, isn't that great? I'd be like, and I'm not mad at the Bengals. The Bengals right. actually came from the Browns, so I'm not It's mad all the at same them. family. And really, if you notice growing up, people are way madder at the Browns. Well, now the Browns are terrible, they're not. Mm-hmm. But when I first moved here, people mm-hmm. were way madder at the Browns than the Browns were ever mad at the Bengals. We didn't care. Well, because we hated the Steelers, and we can exactly. all unite against the Steelers, Now, exactly, that's, that's the other thing, too. But, I mean, have you... <laughs> Are you still a Cleveland fan? Are you more of a Cincinnati fan? Or are you like me? I mean, I'm happy when Cincinnati wins, mm-hmm. and FC will be my soccer team because we don't have one. <laughs> yeah, we're oh, bereft of a soccer it, what team. Was it the Cleveland Crush? The, the, what, what, the, what were the they? Force. The Force. Okay. And then the Crunch. Okay. The indoor. <laughs> that, that was the indoor. indoor, right. <laughs> and our outdoor team is a league below what FC is okay. now. And I can't remember what their name is. And they know they beat him in the... They, like, the soccer guys were on explaining this to us about the cup last year, the uh, Lamar Hunt Cup. The first round, they beat Cleveland, but Cleveland is like in the fourth division. So we don't have a soccer team either. But are you rooting for Cleveland or Cincinnati, or what's the breakdown? So I root for both. I know that's the, the but over the years, like I when I moved here, I was a diehard Indians fan, and but since I get to do stuff with the Reds and I've met the Reds and I interact yeah, with, yeah. Opening I day. Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. I am a huge Reds fan now, and so I'm I feel like I I am probably a bigger Reds fan now than I am an Indians fan, but I cheer for both and I follow both, yeah. and. I mean, really, I don't have to pick sides unless there's some mythical right. I-71 World Series that would come down the pike, which, which would um, be awesome. Almost happened in, I can't remember what, it was almost a couple, it was a couple, like 2009 or 10. There was a potential. There they was a potential. They were both in first place. And the Reds, <laughs> I think, went, I think the Indians uh, got eliminated. They did well in the playoffs. Weird. The Reds went Weirdly, that didn't the work. CS, I think, it was the game Josh was watching it on his phone at Disneyland and the mm-hmm. Giants beat them, but I think the Indians got wiped out in the first round. They had to, they got in on that one game playoff. Yeah, there was the were, potential. Out. And yeah, but that was the closest we've ever. And in '95, the strike awesome. season, they were both in first <laughs> yes. place. Yes, so, so there was the potential. The World Series, yeah, yeah. And I hope that happens in the future. But I'm That'd a huge great. Reds I fan. I am an Indians fan, but when it comes to football, I still root for the 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 Browns. Ooh, it's tough. I mean, I feel like it, yeah. I'm in. I'm in it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, what are you gonna do? I, I, I apparently I love torture, but not the you yeah. know the yeah. The Bengals I mean, haven't done anything to to steal me away from my Browns fandom. Yeah, yeah. it's gotta yeah. get better eventually. There's an opening day parade <laughs> for the. <laughs> for the off work. Where well, was off work? I guess for the first of the. First game. Yeah, I'll cheer for both, season. and yeah, but yeah, and, and I know in football it's harder just because they're in the same. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. 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 I, I wear orange. Yeah, <laughs> no, and that's fine. And there's no pro basketball here, so everybody's a Cavs fan down Correct. Here, Except I, I mean, I left part. Cleveland before the Cavs got. I mean, I was I was there. You were there in, in the '90s when you remember the shot, don't you? I I was I was gone. Uh, I was there in the night, but yeah, uh, I, guess I, I feel like the Cavs were. Still orange and blue when I left yeah, town, yeah. and I've never but been back. So I wasn't there Brad when Dougherty, Mark Price. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. I was okay yeah, back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But I missed the coming of LeBron. Like LeBron's like oh, my brother yeah, and yeah. sister's age. Like was going up through high school, so they've all 
they were all in the Cavs big time the first time, the first coming of LeBron. Yeah. That all my yeah, family yeah. got crazy about, but I was in Mississippi and I didn't have cable. So I couldn't watch, I couldn't follow. I remember the know. only time I ever watched the NBA lottery, I'm like, I wonder, and thank you, Daniel Stern, for fixing the, lo- the draft lottery <laughs> and letting the Cavs get the number one pick. Yes, that worked out quite well. Because <laughs> there's okay. no way in the world that came up by chance. Mm-mm. It's uh, it's. Uh, do you talk to people from Cleveland still about that? Because, you know, about the... LeBron leaving and thing because people were really upset the first time. Oh my gosh, I have family members who burnt their jerseys and then really? somehow yeah. were pretending or trying to figure out how to put them back I mean, together again. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was upset, but I, I, my wife's cousin posted a thing at the beginning of these playoffs and it was looking very terrible and they lost the first two games to Indiana. Mm-hmm. And my wife's cousin says, you know what? It was a great run. LeBron brought us our championship. He's mm-hmm. done what nobody else could do. Correct. Bernie couldn't do it. The Indians couldn't do it huh? with a 3 1 lead twice. Yeah. Uh, so LeBron did what nobody else could do. If he goes to Los Angeles, you can't be mad at him. And everybody mm-hmm. under the thread was like, you're right, we can't. Yeah, not, he, no one's going to burn any jerseys. Yeah, and you watch him after the game, and he's he, like, he's so tired. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. so tired. He's got all the other guys on his back. Come on. Right, exactly. Yeah, Saturday Night Live's doing spoofs. <laughs> if, yeah, if he wins or doesn't win this time yeah, and he leaves yeah. next year to go to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's mad at him this time. So Not as mad. There you go. So, I mean, people are still gonna, people get mad no matter what. But that's yeah. true. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. So you're in Cincinnati for the duration then? I hope so. That's yeah. Cool. Now I hear that you uh, live in the Loveland area. I oh, do. Right. Wow. I am a Lovelander. So that's something that we wanted to talk mm-hmm. about because uh, yeah, we're branching out. Our third store is hopefully going to be open before Christmas. I keep waiting. I mean, Every time I drive by. It's been March <laughs> and then April, and now they're saying we're going to get the keys after the inspections. Oh. So then we got to set it up. So I'm like, who knows? But eventually, rumor has it, we're going to be in Loveland. And you're going to get there at an awesome time. I hope. Oh, and yeah. it'll be warm. Well, that, yeah. Anytime like it's warm. March. <laughs> when it's warm, downtown Loveland is crazy. Just because we got the bike path, right? Yeah. And then we've got yeah. all the bars and, and or, I guess, the restaurants. <laughs> we do a lot of drinking bars. there. Yeah. <laughs> and bars. There's, There's a liquor a pr- store a block from us, by the way. Cappies. Cappies, yes. Yeah. I am a big Cappies fan. I went, I, you will see me there really? multiple times. Yes. Very, I went there to try to win Bunbury tickets, and they were like, mm-hmm. oh, that was contest was a couple weeks ago. So. Oh, no, it's cool. So they've got. <laughs> bought a lottery ticket for my wife and said, thanks. Yeah, so you won't even notice it when you come over the bridge um it's right on your right and i think back in the day it may have been like a bait and tackle shop like i don't know what it what its history was yeah yeah Yeah. so uh over the last couple years they added a teeny tiny patio and then realized that that it was way too packed so they raised that and they added a huge patio and they're actually built with the potential of having an upper deck yeah so you could have a lovely view of the so when they built it they built it to spec so that they can add on the ro- the rooftop if they want to but they'll bring in food trucks and i heard rumors that they're going to have a permanent food option but i mean people uh, in loveland doesn't matter who you are people come to cappies so they've got 40 mm. taps they're a huge cra- so if you're a craft beer snob like i am <laughs> they they have it for you um but they also have like wine nights and all food trucks they have events they do charity stuff they have live music so that is my favorite place in downtown. See, I went to Cappies. I got sucked in. You, I didn't even you know. should go. Yeah. No, that is that's my that's my number one pick for downtown Loveland is Cappies, and then Narrow Path Brewery is right across kind of ca- across the street from you guys, or will be, um, where you guys will be, and then oh, you and guys the, bank, are, the old bank building. Yeah, so uh, across the street from where I believe your store is is this, all the stuff that burnt down last year, yeah. like one year ago. Oh, yeah, Memorial that's on the Day, other side. Yeah. yeah, that's on that side of the street. Yeah, yeah. that's so, only been a year. It, it was last year that it all burnt down. Wow. And I know they're they're hoping for they're kind of the same thing you are. Like they wanted to be open in the spring, but now it looks like it's the summer. Yeah. But that's going to be awesome too because I know a lot of that a lot of those places are doing kind of like second tier balcony areas. Yeah, and stuff. rooftop bars. Rooftop bars. Yeah, people like to, people enjoy drinking outdoors. Weird. Who would have thought? And next to the air conditioner. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Big fan. Yeah, so then there's that. Then you've got, obviously, Paxton's. Then the bike trail junction um, is right there on the bike trail. There's all sorts of stuff. There's a graders. So we got Whippy yeah. Dip, which is right down the road. Loveland Dairy Whip, we call it the Whippy Dip. Yeah. That's down the street. Yeah, yeah it's down I do, the street. I do trivia around the corner from where our store is going to be at the Casual Pint. Okay. In that new building. Yeah, on the other okay. side. Yes. Yeah. So what I wanted to ask you, lived, how long have you lived in Loveland? Uh, seven, six, seven years. Okay. Like so with a lot, a lot of debate around here, mm-hmm. uh, we're not sure how hard we're gonna hit this loveland frogman does it mean anything to you <laughs> i know about the loveland okay. Frogman. my husband has the t-shirt that you guys actually made i got oh, him nice. i got him that for something last year because a lot of people don't seem to know about it which there is other crazy yeah like, yeah no and it kind of depends like old school loveland knows about the frogman but i feel like in the last couple of years like the people who are new to the area uh, may not be aware because there haven't been as many sightings recently though a couple years ago uh, lake isabella someone swore they saw him again 
which is the a lake that's right off the exit if you're getting yeah, off yeah. 275. Right. So the lake that's right there, um, someone swears in the last couple of years that they saw the Frogman again. But yeah, I feel like it was back in the was it the 70s that the 60s and 70s that you were getting more 50s, 50s. Or 60s. I think I, it was. Oh. It was. Yeah. It, it's been a while. So it's the older <laughs> residents, old school Loveland people, know about the Frogman. Yeah, we're just yeah. wondering how much how. How like you said? How, like, hard, how hard do we go I with that? I have like the whole store like Frogman, yeah, and then everyone's like, "What the heck yeah. is this?" These no, guys. The, the old school people know, but yeah, a lot of the new people that have moved in, you know, for the schools and for the bike path and stuff in the last couple of years may not be as familiar with the Frogman because yeah. we did that on our, our Facebook page of the station because someone uh, okay. heard about it and they were like, have, "Has anyone seen the Loveland Frogman?" And we did this big post, and yeah, I don't. It, I feel like if someone sees it again. Then it's, it's, you go ahead and print well, as many yeah. darn T-shirts as you want. Let me want. ask about a, a corresponding uh, mm-hmm. myth from back home. If it's still if it's still on the melon heads, of course I heard about. Oh, that. Oh, there you go. All right. Yeah, was that's that in Kirtland? Whole, yes. Yes. That's a whole separate story. That's exactly. My, yeah. No. Yeah, get my, your driver's license. You go looking for them. And my friend Bob like Gray is trying to get a movie made about that. He wrote a book. They turned. <laughs> he wrote a script. They turned it into a book. And he's still trying to get funding to make it into a movie. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. Oh, right. yeah. That's, that's what about uh, Sam the Smoking Chimp? Oh, at the Monkey Bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have. I. Uh, I know they've turned that into a, a cool place to go now too. Like someone, they've uh, kind of new management over at the Monkey Bar. Yeah. So yeah, but I forget what, what was it. Uh, I can't remember what the that smoked a cigar. Yeah, and I can't remember why, but there was a reason why. The monkey smoked. People probably gave stress. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like like a like a way to get around a rule of some. I can't remember what it oh, was. Oh, I see. I see. I don't remember. I feel like someone just that. told me, and I couldn't remember what. But yeah, monkey bar. There you go. Another spot in love. Well, technically, it's more yeah, painful. But then yeah. I heard that they took him away, and then uh, you know he probably didn't get all the uh, luxuries <laughs> as new spot and died like recently after. Oh, oh wow. It's like, yeah, you know he was just chilling in Loveland, <laughs> smoking and drinking his uh, grape. <laughs> Great drink or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure the zoo wouldn't approve of whatever people were feeding him, but come on. No. Yes, I have heard of the, the chimp that smoked. <laughs> the monkey bar. All right, well, we know you've got to get back to the uh, station, so it was very nice of you to take time out of your uh, busy morning on this busy day in Cincinnati. It's coronation yeah. day. It is coronation <laughs> day. It is. Has that been a big part of, the, like, the, are you guys focus on Fountain Square, what the forecast is going to be? Because yeah. my daughter's working there. Uh, right of, now, <laughs> as of the next, uh, as of five minutes, go buy your shirt. Yeah, she'll be at the yeah. shirt stand. Yeah, yeah. look, look uh, yeah, look for us there. All those no. will be airing in. Yeah, three weeks, weeks ago, look for her there. Three weeks ago, look for her there. <laughs> oh, we're there every Tuesday, aren't we? Yeah, every yeah, Tuesday, yeah. Found Square, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so two. Yeah. yeah, that's the Strauss Trey Market, right? Yep. Yeah, because the same day as the Loveland Farmers Market, also on Tuesday. Oh, Another Loveland thing to check out. Maybe we'll have to invade that. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, walking up from the store. All right. So, do you want to do the uh, honors for the code? Yeah. All right. I don't know if you've listened to the podcast every every episode, but um, we allow the guest to give a promo code. Any any <laughs> any phrase, any single word, whatever. The promo code is yours, and it'll be worth twenty percent off. People can go uh, spend it at uh, or enter it in at checkout shirts dot com, and uh, or old school shirts. Got some Cleveland shirts. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Got loads of those. Yeah, so oh, yeah, honor, no pressure. The honor is yours. All right. The promo code will be beer weather. Beer weather. Mm. Wow. Beer weather. All right. And I'll make <laughs> It's that. always good beer drinking weather. Is That's that what, pheno- yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not actually a phenomenon where it rains <laughs> beer on us. Uh, no. Goals. <laughs> beer um, weather. Okay. I'll make up both one and two words for folks, for both sites. So. Okay. There yeah. you yeah. go. Sorted. You're welcome. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing <laughs> this. It's a lot of fun. No, this is fun. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Channel 5 morning meteorologist Randy Rico. She's a lot of fun, right? Today's show was produced by me with some help from Josh and Darren, and our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. You can find them on Facebook, and of course, you can find that song in iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your music. Find vintage tees from Philadelphia and other great cities like Cleveland, Louisville, Pittsburgh, Seattle, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. Dayton just came on board, as did Boston, so check those out. Uh, Quite a few new designs on the pipeline for both sites. 
So in case you missed it, the promo code for this episode is BEERWEATHER, and I'll make that both one and two words. And uh, it's your choice, whichever one you want to use, whichever is easier to remember. And uh, that is good both at CincyShirts.com and OldSchoolShirts.com, where you'll get 20% off your entire order. All right. So uh, you can also use that code, by the way, in our physical stores, uh, the Cincy Shirt stores, our brick-and-mortar stores, as they say in the retail biz. That's OTR, Hyde Park, and hopefully within the next few days, Loveland, I'm recording this uh, wraparound footage on uh, Tuesday, June 26th. Uh, the electrical inspection is being conducted right now. We're hoping to move into the store at the end of the week. But really, the best thing to do is follow us on any and all of our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, uh, for the latest news. Because as soon as we throw those doors open, we'll be talking about it a lot. So that'll be the best way to stay up to date. Or just go to the website, uh, CincyShirts.com, and I'm sure we'll have a big announcement right there when we're ready to open. All right, so tell your friends about the show, uh, those that uh, are in Cincinnati, those who once lived in Cincinnati, or those really with any general interest in any of the things we've talked about, you know, uh, weather, ghosts, all kinds of other stuff. Go back and cherry-pick the catalog. Have fun. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye. Goodbye. I wish I said goodbye.